हेलो पीपल हाई दिस इज जैग एंड वॉम वेलकम टू हैश टैग सिंग औरिजिनल पॉडकास्ट जहाँ इस पॉडकास्ट का मकसद ही है उन तमाम लोगों से जुड़ना जो कहीं ना कहीं और किसी ना किसी तरह से लोगों को इंस्पायर करिए सो टुडे द पर्सन हुम आई एम इंटरविंग इज अ सोशल एंट्रप्रनोर अ स्पीकर द फाउंडर ऑफ वॉल एनर्स फाउंडेशन रन बाय मोर देन सेवेंटी प्लस वॉल्टर्स फ्राम थ्री कंट्रीज he is sharing his story and talking about the incredible strength in the broken of the world his ambition is to ensure that the oitijo of the world never have to go through what he went through he is also running one of the beautiful initiative called safe space initiative which are which are one of the best offline events where strangers gather to engage in a vulnerable conversation about their mental health and he believes in only the broken can heal please allow me to welcome oitijo sarkar warm welcome buddy to this podcast and tell me about the journey from being an alcoholic to a person who is inspiring so many today to understand this you have to be taken back about you know 3 years ago so right after my suicide attempt one of the things i promised myself is that i was going to ensure that you know the broken of the world had a place to come to and one of the ways i was going to you know get to them or reach them was by ensuring that i walked my talk okay so i wanted to share and open up about the deepest darkest parts of me and one of the most incredible things that started to happen because of it was that the broken people like me started to be drawn to me so earlier it started off by you know simple conversations simple stories of people who've gone through breakups or somebody else who's probably facing exam stress and with time as i went on to tell people my story more and more i heard people who had had abortions i heard people who were struggling with clinical depression suicidal ideation uh, people who struggle with um, you know both parents uh, had cancer and so many incredible stories and in the past 3 years i've gone to hear hundreds of such stories i've heard thousands of stories of individuals from all walks of life who've gone through such incredible things right so i look back and i understand now that one of the reasons this happened is because of my choice to open up about who i really was and what i had really gone through because you know this is the world that's obsessed with putting the best version of themselves for the world to see and judge and here was somebody who was openly talking about his suicide attempt his alcohol abuse and all of that and you know that's where it started and uh, i guess that would be my journey and uh, looking back one thing i realized today is that uh, the the movement from being somebody who's nobody to being somebody who goes on to save a lot of lives is essentially a simple choice and the choice is to tell your truth by uh, putting yourself up for abuse and ridicule and judgment and only when you understand that judgment ridicule and abuse is the price you pay for telling your truth that's when you start to grow and that's what my journey has been like in a true sense walk the talk is the real thing and what was the moment when you decided that ab bas bahut ho gaya 
I mean, enough is enough, and from now on, I will live my life on my own terms. Yeah. So I like to call this, you know, this world's obsession with motivation porn. I honestly think that there is, you know, I have had a lot of moments back in those days when I said that, you know, enough is enough, but it wasn't enough, right? Even when I slept next to the gutter, or you know, I have done some incredibly shameful things. If I look back today, and I realize that, but there was never this one moment where I said, well, enough is enough, and you know why, right? So. You know when people talk about mental health and they talk about mental illness, they tend to make it always about this one moment. Okay, they say there was this one moment and my life transformed forever. And anybody who's ever struggled with a mental health issue or with a mental illness, they'll almost always tell you it is never really like that. It's a series of small steps that gets you to the point where you're okay or with managing your mental illness or you're better than your mental illness or you're better than your past. So it's a series of small steps. And, you know, it takes a lot of these moments where you say enough is enough. And I guess it was the same with me because at that moment, at that point in time, I had lost the ability to hold on to any shred of uh, pride or any shred of hope because all I could see around me was just darkness and misery. And in that moment, you know, I could not say enough is enough because it just did not register within me that I couldn't fall any lower. Yeah. You are definitely a fighter, buddy. And would you please open up about the objective of crowdfunding? So uh, basically, what is the motive of crowdfunding you are doing or will do in future? So the crowdfunding is essentially for two objectives, right? So the wall in us chases two, two objectives. And these are that we run a platform that is free for anybody to use by virtue of which you can speak to somebody in real time anonymously for free. And how we've kept it free is by uh, recruiting volunteers who are spread across around 72, uh, 72 volunteers at the moment spread out across three countries. And we've hosted thousands of conversations and we want to keep this free because you know the metric we're trying to solve, the people who are trying to help these people don't have the money for therapy, right? They can't afford therapy. Some people don't think they need therapy. Some people are just struggling with stress. They have an exam. They've just gone through a breakup. They just need somebody to share whatever they're going through. So that's why for us to be able to keep the platform free, we need to not just build a website, better website. We need to create a mechanism for sustainable giving. Right? So these volunteers who are spending so much time, right, or just they're like a family and they're spending so much time, we need to give them all the tools, the protection, the resources, the engagement, the, the inspiration, the drive, the motivation for them to be able to give back in a way that's sustainable and for the world to receive this joyous giving, right? This is uh, giving of time and, and a listening ear, which is one of the rarest things that you can ever uh, hope to get in this world. And secondly is 
the second objective is this concept called the Safe Space Initiative, which is uh, basically offline events where people gather together to share whatever they're going through. Earlier, we started off with a B2C model. Now we have moved on to a B2P model. So we want to address the mental health epidemic between um, you know people within the ages of 15 to 29 by establishing or collaborating with schools, colleges, startups, and corporate houses. Uh, by helping them either create safe spaces within their organizations that they can run on their own or by hosting events like this for them, right? So for us to be able to get to a position where we can run both on their own, where we can build an app, run the volunteer initiatives that we uh, want to run to grow as a community and become stronger and to also give more, um, you know, more features to the visitors who are coming to us for help and advice and insight, we need funds, right? So this crowdfunding is going to help us solve this. It is going to give us that boost uh, to keep uh, the things that we want to keep free, completely free, set up a donation mechanism and also set up a system of sustainable giving. And it will also help us take the Safe Space Initiative across India and then spread out across the globe, which is the dream, right? So yeah, so that's what we are trying to solve. And also the fact that, you know, the reason the wall in us exists is essentially because therapy is not going to be in a position in the next two decades to be able to solve the mental health epidemic. So we need to start thinking of alternative solutions to therapy. And I believe the wall in us is going to be the face of the mental health movement in the years to come. And it all starts with this crowdfunding campaign, with us raising this money and to have the sustainable backing so that we can push forward. That's definitely a great mission for sure. And what makes your organizations different from others? I mean, what is your USP? Love this question. And you know, this is important because I think there's there's this catching up trend that's going on in the mental health field. Everybody is trying to do the same thing without any USP and there's no really different no real differentiator between one organization and the other. So how are we different is that the metric we are trying to solve is that for a country with a population of 1.3 billion. Uh, where 58 million individuals suffer from depression, 38 million suffer from anxiety, where there's an unprecedented uh, rates of suicide. The World Health Organization has come out and said that um, India has one of the worst rates of suicide within people in the ages of 15 to 29, I think, and every 40 seconds somebody is killing themselves in this country. Right. For this country, there is a total of 7,000 to 8,000 practicing professionals, clinical professionals all across the country. And this is a report by Minister of Health of India. Right. So every single startup, almost every entity that exists in the market today, they are all trying to chase and thinks that therapy is the only solution. Whereas we say that we need to come up with alternative solutions to therapy because the research is very clear, the data is very clear, in the next two decades, therapy is in no way going to be in a position to be able to solve this problem. And sadly, nobody is looking at this problem in the same way. And that's why we exist and that's why we've gone on to save so many lives, thousands of people all across the world, 
and I, that's why I think we are going to go on to do extraordinary things because we are different. We are looking at the problem and the epidemic of solving this problem of uh, mental health and mental illness through a lens that everybody else is choosing to ignore. And how can one become volunteer in your organization if anybody would like to? I mean, if anybody want to contribute to your organizations, we are volunteering. Sure. So, um, you know, we we focus on quality rather than quantity. Okay. So, in a month, we getting about three thousand, three hundred to four hundred uh, uh, requests for people who want to sign up, and uh, we only take like ten to twenty. That's that's a higher end we're talking about. We generally take very less. So. What we do is uh, we uh, put out a feeler, we put out a form once about every month and uh, the form stays live for about, let's say, you know, seven to ten days and then we shut down the form, right? And uh, once somebody becomes a volunteer, after that they go through a probationary period where we teach them, we mentor them, so they're all assigned a buddy. Uh, by virtue of which they get mentored and they, they get coached in the art in the skills of active and passive listening, how to think on your feet, how to deal with somebody who's struggling with suicidal ideation and every other fabric that exists in this gory world of free mental health care. We train them in that and then after a month we take a call on whether they are a right fit for our organization because I don't care how good you are as a listener if you don't fit in with the community you don't fit in with us so you know so there's a stringent measure and those who generally cross the threshold they tend to stay on for months on end and we have been very successful with retaining the morale and i'm very proud of all the things we have done from within the community with our volunteers and i hope that they feel the same way and uh, so yeah so once a month it is put out on my personal um, you know accounts all across uh, uh, you know Quora, uh, instagram and we'll start on linkedin too and then obviously it's on the about us page of our website so at the moment since we are occupied with the crowdfunding campaign we are actually not taking in volunteers this month but we will move to grow as we uh, after the crowdfunding campaign and then the volunteer list will be open up, opened up again. Any impact story uh, one of the incredible story uh, you want to share? So what happened is this is one of the most incredible nights in my life, right? So what happened is I had just uh, this was just after my suicide attempt and I had come back home I was forced to come back home because that was the only way I could get better and I remember I had come back home drunk that night I had a bunch of pills inside my body um, my prescription meds for my mental illnesses and then my I was sleeping next to my mother right and uh, I remember that night so vividly because it was one of the most incredible nights in my life and I remember laying down next to my mother and I told my mother and, you know, I was tearing up and I said, Ma, right, in, in that teary voice. And my ma could immediately sense that something was wrong. So just as soon as she got up, I fell down in her lap and then I helplessly broke down. 
when I cried and I cried. So one thing you need to know about me, I barely ever cry. But when I do, I howl. I howl like there is no tomorrow, okay? So I remember I was crying and I was shaking, right? Because I, I had those, uh, with, I had withdrawals back then. And I was shaking and I was throbbing. And uh, my mother thought I was a, having a heart attack. And in that moment, she called to my father who called to my sister and that night for what felt like an eternity they held me together in their arms and uh, as i told them that i can't you know i can't do this anymore it's better to die than live a life in this much pain and uh, she kept on saying all of them all together right it's so beautiful like i look back now it was so wonderful such a magical moment one of the most incredible moments in my life that i still ponder upon today that as I told them that I don't want to live anymore, they kept saying, Hirok, this is nothing. Hirok is my pet name. Hirok, this is nothing. You've been through so much worse. You will get through this. And that moment for, for, you know, the, for what felt like an eternity, they held me together in their arms until a part of me started believing it too. And uh, that was the last time I drank in eight months. And that's how I got better. And... That was a very important moment for me. So yeah, I think this was that point where I realized that I'm still loved and all this apathy and emptiness and um, self-pity that, that had built up all over, all over the years. Um, maybe some of it could be let go of because I was loved. And uh, what do you think is wrong with mental health industry right now, especially in India? I think this is a very pertinent question because, you know, the mental health industry, at least in India at the moment, they're all looking at, you know, solving the same thing. And they're not thinking about scale, right? The the problem is exists at such a scale, they need to think about a scalable solution. Right. So, uh, you know, like I told you about the demand and supply differentiator between the, you know, availability of professionals and the um, uh, and the demand for such services in the market. It's it's an unmitigated demand and supply differentiator. Not just that. Right. There's also there's also a lot of professionals who literally have no idea what they're doing. When I was struggling, I went to around eight to ten mental health professionals. I know people who. Uh, went into a psychiatrist office and within five minutes they were given a diagnosis and seven pills like literally it's not even funny what's happening and every single mental health professionals if they uh, really care about their patients uh, if they really care about the clients who are coming to them they'll all attest to this fact and I have spoken to people who will attest to this right so I think we are forgetting the mental health industry has forgotten who are the people who are benefactors here, right? This is not like any other industry. This is not like a sales, uh, you know, you're selling a service uh, and making money out of this, right? We have to understand the target audience that here are the lowest of the low, right? So if you defraud them, if you sell their data and all of these you know controversies that are coming out slowly slowly and i'm sure more of them will come out i know exactly what's happening in this industry and 
you know the more and more of this these information start to come out the more we will realize that you know the target audience here are people who are barely holding on so if you cheat them or if you try to you know maximize your monetization out of them you're literally monetizing somebody who is holding on for dear life so we need to be more sensitive about the issues that we're trying to solve right i have no qualms with somebody being an entirely for profit entity but you have to understand the people we're trying to deal with here okay so there is sensitivity that i have a problem with number 2 like i said everybody is chasing the same pie and no there's no real innovation i i but there are certain people who are coming out and doing something extraordinary i love what wisei is doing that's a scalable model that's going to save us an incredible amount of lives in the future and also helps to address the demand supply differentiator right there are other solutions i'm sure that will come out uh, uh in in the same way right with ai evolving with, with you know startups like i uh, wisa uh, they 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 are going to be a pinnacle they are going to be drivers of the mental health movement and i think the wall in us will be exactly right alongside them because we are also thinking far ahead in um, and thinking about a scalable solution to the problem right and i think uh, there's also a problem of unaffordability right so some therapists charge around 2000 3000 4000 5000 from their clients and then it's it's a it's a mess whole mess of a situation students can't afford therapy is so expensive today right students have nowhere to go to and you know there's no dedicated solution to this either so the mental health industry as a whole is too defragmented and you know we all understand that it's just an industry that's still coming up and you know things will probably mature the industry will mature the market will mature and as it does we'll start to see more changes but at the moment the way things are i know for a fact that you know a lot a lot of people are going to die in the future because there are no sustainable uh, remedies or sustainable solutions to directly address the mental health epidemic and after the stats and everything um it's quite obvious that there is something wrong in the health industry right now right so what do you think the proponents of the mental health movements are doing wrong i think influencers in terms of you know real proponents of the mental health movement i think most of them are hypocrites i won't lie i think they really are hypocrites because you know on one hand you are talking about vulnerability and authenticity and then on the other you put 27 filters on your face and talk about how you should accept yourself i just think that you know um in terms of mental health you have to walk the talk instead of just talking about how you uh, you know engage in uh, mental health care and do all of the things that so many influencers i see them talking about you need really need to walk the talk you need to show authenticity and vulnerability right because the biggest problem literally the biggest problem with mental health um activists or all of these people who call themselves uh, you know mental health um, uh, advocates and all of these different terminologies that are coming up slowly and slowly i see them doing the same exact thing there's no real you know 
walking the talk. They they're just like sprouting the same information that everybody else is sprouting and there's no real authenticity. How do you become authentic? By telling your story. So if you can't come on to the world and tell your story, how do you expect the world to be able to do the same? Right? You know what this is leading to? This is leading to a culture of secondary hypocrisy that the world that the Indian society engages in. Let me tell you a real story. When Deepika Padukone came out on the internet and shared her story with depression once, uh, more power to her. I love her as a lady. I think she's so gracious, gracious and she's an incredible lady, so talented. And when they, she came out to the world with her depression, I, the world uh, applauded her courage. And they said that you're so inspiring. You inspire me. You changed my life. And you are so amazing. You're so beautiful. You are so uh, awe-inspiring. And you, you leave me uh, dumbstruck by your authenticity. Right? But, but... The moment, real story by the way, moment 17 year old girl comes out on the internet and talks about her suicidal ideation or how she's struggling with her suicidal ideation and I saw the message, it was a heartbreaking message, it was real, I could feel her pain and you know what the world told her? The world told her that you are an attention whore, that you should actually go kill yourself, I'm sick and tired of your shit. Now then... You know, when she had scars on her wrist, what does the world tell her? The world tells her that, um, you know, why did you do it? I'm always listening. You can always come to me. You know, and I also see all of these individuals, you know, share these uh, brave-hearted messages of I'm always listening and reach out. And they also, you know, some of the fancy ones also copy-paste uh, suicide helpline numbers from Google and put it up on their timeline and say, oh, dude, listen, just, you know, uh, totally call them and they'll pick up. They are literally not aware. None of them are ever going to allow anybody else to reach out to. Right. Let me tell you another story. There was this one time when somebody uh, had written about how they wanted to kill themselves on social media. Right. You know, uh, immediately somebody had dropped him my number. This was a time when uh, I was take, speaking to a, quite a lot of people. I don't anymore post November 2018. And you know what happened afterwards? Uh, every single person who was actually in his friend list, right, this person who wanted to kill himself, every single person who was in his friend list and said, told him that I'm always listening, they all disappeared. And who was left to help that person? It was me. Right? Even though I was a stranger, I chose to help him. And you know, he's alive today and he's told me that I've uh, everything he has done in his life, he owes it all to me. It's such an incredible honor, but this also goes to show the hypocrisy that people just want to touch it and run as far away as possible because none of them want to do anything about it. So, you know, the proponents of mental health, they need to walk the talk. So if you're talking about reach out, I'm always listening, be there and always listen. Obviously not for every situation, you know, we all know that uh, there are so many fragments to mental health. If you don't think you can deal with something, sure, recommend them to a professional. But when you tell somebody that you're always listening, show up. Number two, I think vulnerability is not a one-time thing. I don't think anybody who talks about vulnerability should get to do it once and then move as far away as possible from it. They should do it every time they can. Right. <clears throat> and 
that's how we encourage and normalize this mental health conversation not by somebody coming out and giving a bunch of motivation talks and pretending like he or she has changed lives no by walking the talk that's how we do it and i think my ambition is very clear i want to be the face of mental health in the world and i think i'm going to be able to do it only if i choose to be vulnerable through and through so that's what i practice that's what i preach and that's what i am going to do all along in the days to come definitely a big dent on my perspective on authenticity i love how you have just molded and unfolded the things um and yeah authenticity is always beautiful and i love how you just mentioned about the walk and talk thing and uh, it's time for my favorite question if you could have one superpower what it would be if i could have a superpower i would literally take the entire world's pain and liberate them i wish i could get to them get to every single person who's struggling today and give them a hug this warm you know empathetic hug and tell them that they're not alone i wish i could be a friend to everybody and uh, you know be there for them through it all and i wish that i could be at a million places at once because if i could i think the world would be a better place um and i just found you are not only just an awesome human being but the kindest of all too what would you say to people who are where you once were i mean you have struggled with clinical depression suicidal ideation and everything else so what would you say to someone who is there right now I've said this before I've said this multiple times and I say this multiple times because I think everybody has got pain all wrong I think uh, as children as we grew up as a society we've been taught that you know pain is unwarranted it's unwanted and should be run from whereas I think pain or the ability to feel pain at to extraordinary lens grants you the incredible part to be able to be there for somebody else and ask for nothing in return right i think pain is what liberates you and the and you shouldn't run from it instead embrace it and only when you do only when you live your pain to the point where it feels your entire fiber every inch and fiber of your body when you get to that place right and you get to another place when you're fine you'll remember where you come from and i think when you remember where you come from the world becomes a better place for it because now that you know what it is to feel like that when you are in that position you will want to ensure that nobody else goes through the same so i've coined this term i like to call this only the broken can heal it's it's the organization's motto it's it's everything that i have ever been able to accomplish is because of this five words only the broken can heal and i think the broken can only understand the broken because they know they know what it feels what it is to have nobody to fall back on and feel this unimaginable pain within and if i could you know tell somebody who is there right who is like me who is struggling with suicidal ideation 
uh, as I once was, who was probably struggling with an addiction, uh, suicidal ideation, clinical depression, anxiety, insomnia, panic-induced night terrors, visual and auditory hallucinations, and all of these things, right? So much, so much pain. I was literally thought that, you know, it was better to die than live a life than in this much pain. If I could get to people like that, I would tell them your pain grants you unbelievable strength. And your entire life, you've been taught all wrong. Instead of running from pain, you should embrace it because that's the reason you are different from the rest of the world. And that's the reason you've been granted unbelievable strength by this universe to do all these things, all the things that the world will never choose to do. You know why, right? Because only the broken can heal. Thank you so much, Oitijo, for your time for providing us with all the valuable information and stats regarding a mental health awareness and today i have learned so many things from you so thank you so much for the great great lessons and take care thank you so much thank you so much jack like i can't tell you how grateful i am to be able to have this opportunity i think it was a rather insightful conversation your questions were incredibly insightful and thank you for your time and thanking for this honor, right? I think as you grow and you look at a source of strength and influence, you get lesser and lesser opportunities to be able to just talk, right? And this was an incredible opportunity for me to exhibit such a need. And uh, I hope anybody who's listening in got to learn as much from my journey as I did and as I had. And Thank you again and to everybody listening in, do remember that only the broken can heal, only when you know what it is to hurt and have nobody to fall back on, can you be there for somebody else and ask for nothing in you. Thank you so much people for listening to this podcast, hope it brings some values to you. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay mentally fit and all the best to you all and wish you all success. If you like this podcast, just do me a favor, just share and do a lot of share. Thank you so much. Take care.